Good morning, good evening, welcome to episode 41 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus. I am Sam Miller. It is my turn tonight to say introductory words, and these are those words. Ben Lindbergh is in New York, New York. Ben, how are you doing tonight? Uh, good. The Orioles won a one-run game tonight. Seems like a pretty good idea for a piece. Yeah, we should talk about how they're doing that. We should write about that tomorrow. Both of us should write separate pieces <laughs> Yes. Uh, about the Orioles' one-run win tonight. It was quite a night. The um, pennant races are, like, it's getting to that point where uh, uh, teams are gaining and losing 10 or 12 points uh, in our playoff odds at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, the Giants, as of this moment, have a seven-game lead on the Dodgers, so that race is basically over. It went from fun to over in the span of, like, four days or something did we both pick the we both picked the giants when we did our analysis. we did although i think we then we might have we, we might have talked about it two days in a row we though because there was the we, trade yeah and i think i hedged a bit maybe or perhaps i just distanced myself from my credibility um but yes definitely we both picked the giants i think i had the courage of my convictions in that second uh, yeah and now the a's are um i believe four and a half or five games uh, above the third place team in the wild card race right now. So they're getting dangerously close to being a sure thing as well. So we're at that point in the year. It's a lot of fun. Everybody's having fun. How are you, what fun how are you feeling team? about the, the second wild card these days? I'm sorry, the A's. Uh, yeah, no, I was right. I take it back. Yeah. Uh, I love it. I think it's great. I, it messes with my head when I look at the standings, but. Um, I got, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I generally think about these sorts of things as being like the weather and you just take it as it comes and have fun with it. And, um, I, I don't know if I would have picked this or not, but I don't really consider the alternative very much. And I'm enjoying baseball this year, just as I always enjoy baseball in a slightly different format. It's hard to ruin it. It is hard to ruin it. I wonder if I wonder what the closest. This is a good topic for some time. I wonder what the closest anybody has ever come to ruining baseball was. Yes. Um, what are we talking about tonight? Yeah, this is highly unorthodox. We've been talking about topics before. You're we still talked talking. About our You're now talking about talking about topics. <laughs> okay, my topic is the Brewers. And my topic is Max Scherzer. So go on now. All right. Uh, so we talked about the Phillies yesterday. I know I almost brought up the Brewers because yes. they're almost the they, exact same. Yes, which... everything about these two teams is the same right now. Yes. They have the same record, 72 and 71. Surprisingly, they are also tied in the wildcard race. Uh, so they are three games back, um, which is kind of kind of real. Um, I know we kind of dismissed the Phillies' chances for this season yesterday, but they won again. Uh, and the Brewers also won again. So they're both three games back. They... Three games back of a lot of teams, though. Yes, yes. There are four they teams ahead of them. have many uh, obstacles in their way. They were both sellers at the deadline. Um, Milwaukee with Granke. Uh, and so these were teams that were both very good last year, uh, got off to bad first halves this year, kind of... Uh, I don't know if they threw in the towel, but they were sort of written off in that they appeared to be out of contention and they were selling. Um, 
I don't know that it makes sense to compare the two teams, except they are alike in so many superficial ways. Um, I guess if you had to take a franchise right now, uh, and let's say based only on the roster, um, mm-hmm. because obviously the Phillies have a number of institutional advantages that the Brewers don't have, like a population. Um, which would you take? Which do you like in the short term and long term based on what's in the organization now, I suppose? That's a interesting question. That's a tough question. Um, wow, 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 wow. I don't know if it's a good question, but it's uh, a question. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of <laughs> pointless when you really yes. break it down. Because uh, there are no humans who are going to have to make this decision. Uh, I Jeez, I think that I would take the um, Brewers mm-hmm. current organization, uh, and I don't have a real reason for that. <laughs> uh, I guess they're younger, for one thing. They are younger. They are. Uh, I'm trying to think of what. Um, they don't really have any money locked up. Right. Uh, that's sort of significant. Um, Bronze, they, I guess, which is not a bad yeah, thing. but you that's 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 like probably similar to like Cole Hamels, where mm-hmm. it's like oh good right yes, um, but on the other hand, it um, they don't have nearly the sort of star power. They don't have nearly the. I, I guess I would say that if you were just looking at the very top of the roster, you would not see nearly the value at the top. It seems like the brew the the Phillies. Um, get their value out of very famous people doing famous things. The Brewers kind of um, win in a more Midwestern way with um, little bits here and there and, you know, getting Michael Fires and having Carlos Gomez be quietly very good in his own way and having excellent pitch framing catchers and also catchers who can hit uh, and going to Japan and accidentally getting uh, Norichika Norichika Aoki Norichika Aoki uh, who as RJ demonstrated earlier this year it doesn't seem that the Brewers actually meant to get Mm -hmm. Uh, they kind of put in a bid and then they won and they thought oh what do we have Um, and so I don't know maybe that Maybe the uh, the whimsy of the Brewers roster construction is what is swaying me. <laughs> Maybe I just simply like them a little bit more. They look very much like a win now team with uh, kind of a a short window for contention. Um, as of well, maybe now, but as of the last couple of years, they made the the first Granky trade, the trade to get Granky. Um, and kind of gave up the remnants of what was not a great farm system even before that trade. Uh, and it looked like they were sort of saying, well, let's win for this one year or two while we still have Prince Fielder and we have Granky. Uh, and then we'll kind of just hope that carries us through the lean years pretty much. There didn't seem to be a very sustainable uh, model for them on that roster. So, and I guess you could kind of say the same about the Phillies, except for their financial advantages, um, in that they have sort of the the same, uh, not a, not a really rich system, um, an older team. So I, I guess yesterday we kind of 
dismiss this as almost the uh, the last gasp of a formerly great team or a, a team that was very strong for several years and is now kind of running on fumes because um, teams don't usually go from World Series contender to terrible in one season. Uh, it's usually a slower decline. And I don't know, do you think that is kind of the same progression the Brewers are taking here, that this is sort of the, the tail end, the last gasp for uh, a team that was a strong contender for a couple of years? And I don't, Yeah, uh, sorry, I cut you off, but you were I just going yes. to restate <laughs> yes, what I you was. just said. Yeah, okay. Uh, I, I actually think that um, probably the idea of Windows is um, – kind of overblown i think that that is um uh now that there are two wild card spots as we can see in this race with the phillies and brewers two very flawed teams having poor seasons managing to muscle their way in at the last second uh you don't have to be that good anymore and i don't think either one of these teams is uh or i guess since we're just talking about the brewers right now they don't look like a team to me that's going to drop to 63 wins anytime soon and if you're not a 63 win team then you're, um, you know, you're basically in it <laughs> the next year. You, you know, you're a couple of guys having good seasons and maybe um, a prospect or two developing from being um, respectable again. I mean, I don't think that the Brewers are a great team moving forward. I don't think they're like a 100-win team, and I don't think the Phillies are like a 100-win team, even though they used to be. And that's what we're talking about when we talk about their declines. Mm-hmm. Both teams are contenders next year, and um, the Brewers, I think this is, uh, I mean, it's, well, neither one of them is actually going to win this year. So, like, we're not talking about this year, right? We're Seriously, just kind of, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Who do they lose? Do they lose Ricky Weeks? They lose Ricky Weeks, right? Uh, I would have to check. They lose Ricky Weeks, and I think they lose Sean Markham. Uh, I should have said, I think they lose Ricky Weeks, and I think they lose Sean Markham. Um, and they probably lose Frankie Rodriguez. Um, so Weeks is signed, actually, through 2014, apparently. Okay. Well, well never mind. Uh, glad I said I think. Uh, Corey Hart, you got Corey Hart up? Uh, I do not. Uh, Markham, you were correct about, yes. Um, yeah. And Corey Hart is a free agent after next season. After 2013. Yes. And uh, Randy Wolf will... They're not going to somehow get Randy Wolf back, so that's <laughs> good. Um, I'm just looking at the Brewers roster right now and saying names and then trying <laughs> to figure out how to end the sentence after that. They seem like a team that should have Randy Wolf at the start of each season, and then maybe he'll go somewhere else during it, but he'll be back with the Brewers the next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, the Brewers are fun. Mm-hmm. All right. Scherzer? Um, so you wrote about Scherzer in late May um, after he struck out 15 men in a game. Mm-hmm. And at the time he had a 5.73 ERA. Uh, and you pointed out that he had a better FIP. Um, and you also pointed out that we had in the annual said that he was a great bet for a breakout year. And you pointed out that he had made some mechanical tweaks. And you suggested that there were probably good things going forward for him despite the 5.73 ERA. And it actually took uh, about a month before the ERA dropped at all. It was about 5, I think it was 5.78 a month later. Um, 
and then everything came together. And he's uh, since then in his last 100 innings before his start Wednesday night, he has a 2.51 ERA, 125 strikeouts in 100 innings, 5Ks per walk. He's doing it without the benefit of a notable Babbitt. Uh, he's throwing two fewer pitches per inning in those 16 starts. He has struck out at least seven batters in 15 of them. Um, and obviously you'd like to see it for a lot longer, but given his pedigree and given his peripheral stats before this season and given what he's doing, it's not totally absolutely out of control crazy to think that he maybe has become like a top 10 or 15 pitcher in Major League Baseball. Um, and the point that I'm making is actually not so much about Max Scherzer, but holy cow, that trade, the Max Scherzer trade, if you look at it now, that was like every player in that trade got better. Mm-hmm. Every player who moved anywhere got like significantly better. And all those teams um, probably are like, look at what we got. And um, obviously it's not a zero sum thing when you make a trade. It's especially not zero sum when it's a three team trade. But do you think that there is a clear um, winner in that big trade? And just to refresh everybody's memory, the main parts of it were, Scherzer going from Arizona to Detroit, um, Ian Kennedy going from New York to Arizona, uh, Edwin Jackson going from Detroit to Arizona, and then a few months later going to Chicago for Daniel Hudson, uh, Curtis Granderson going from Detroit to New York, and Austin Jackson going from New York to Detroit. Um, yeah. Well, I introduced already, but I've just said it all over again, and I just think, wow, those players. That's a lot of players. Yeah. I was hoping you brought this up solely to congratulate me for the prediction I made in that article. Uh But you had to talk about the trade, too. Um, It's just a crazy trade, man. Yeah. I I guess I would say the Tigers probably got the best of it, or at least ended up with the best players now from it. I don't know whether those are the same things. Um, so they basically traded Edwin Jackson and Curtis Granderson for uh, Austin Jackson and Max Scherzer. Yeah, so they they kind of replaced older, more expensive guys with younger, less expensive, and basically just as good or better alternatives, which is, yes. I guess, exactly what they wanted to do. Um and the Yankees were kind of looking for the certainty of of Curtis Granderson uh, as opposed to hoping that Austin Jackson would turn into something like Curtis Granderson. Um, so, I, I mean, they got that, clearly. Granderson has been very good for them. Uh, and, I mean, they gave up a lot, but... I don't know. I would. I, I guess I would say the Tigers, but it is a, a very fun trade in that everyone kind of got something good, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's nice. It doesn't happen that often. I think at the moment, probably the Tigers have the best pitcher in the deal and the best position player in the deal at the moment, um, and so I guess you would have to say they won the deal, especially because both of those guys are under team control for a long time and, yeah. and a lot less expensive. However, one of the nice things also about the trade is that almost every player in the deal has at some point been the best <laughs> pitcher 
in the trade. You know, like yes. Ian Kennedy Kenneth, was better Kenneth than Scherzer year. for a long time, and Granderson was better than, than Austin Jackson. Um, Phil Coke was better. Uh, no. Well, Phil Coke was better than Daniel Schlereth. Yes. But I don't even remember who got Schlereth. Did, did, did Detroit get both of those Detroit. guys? So they got both of the, yeah. Well, they got the two best relievers, too. Yeah. And the two worst. Um, and, uh, you know, to be honest, Edwin Jackson is like such a um, such a uh, bubble commodity that if you can get him and <laughs> trade something better, it's it's almost like a sure thing. It's like owning gold. Um, so the uh, Daniel Hudson for a stretch um, might have actually been the most attractive of the three starting pitchers. If you bring him into this, uh, there might I, I don't know going into this year. Um, I think I would have taken Hudson over Kennedy and maybe Hudson over Scherzer. I'm not sure what Pakoda said. Um, so yeah, it's a fun trade because everybody has gotten to stand at the top of the mountain for a little bit and nobody got really burned. Although they did all give up a lot of good stuff. Anyway, I don't think we really exhausted how awesome that trade was, (laughs) but I just wanted to say it's awesome. Um, and uh, relive it with you for just a moment. It's also real quick funny that um, at the time, everybody ripped Arizona, right? I mean, that was just mm-hmm. considered such a stupid deal for Arizona to have traded, essentially traded Scherzer for Jackson to trade a younger, cheaper, better pitcher uh, for Jackson. And Kennedy was like kind of an afterthought. And, um, uh, you know, anyway, you awesome. We're probably burning a, a topic for the offseason here, but do you think Edwin Jackson gets a longer than one year deal this year yeah i do but we'll talk about it later yes okay all right i'll uh wrap it up uh that was episode 41 of effectively wild we'll be back tomorrow with episode 42